Father, we come to you today to ask that you might fall afresh upon us. That you might speak to us and touch us again. That you might reveal yourself to us, each one. Lord, to break every barrier, to break every chain, to release every captive, to give sight to the blind, that the ears of the deaf might be unstopped. Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name. Amen. I kind of am starting where I'm going to finish. I'm going to go exactly back there when I'm finished sharing just a few thoughts with you. But it's a good place to be in an atmosphere of worship that we might hear God for us today. Been um, preparing for this time, used part of the prayer and fasting week, which was such a blessing to so many of us to prepare. As I was doing through, I was reading the Acts of the Apostles and have been really encouraged in my reading of the Acts of the Apostles to see how the Holy Spirit fell on those first believers. And um, Acts closes with chapter 28. And I've seen at times people call the rest of our life together. We are Acts 29, aren't we? If you think about it, we are Acts 29. We're the next chapter of Acts. Thinking of ourselves as Acts 29 today. But I need to be careful because I, I, I am very keen that we move quickly through this morning because my heart is to come to a time of ministry in uh, asking God that he will touch us. But there's some things he wants to share with us in his word first. Uh, Just to say that this marks the beginning of a season in the word of God that we are looking to God to move uh, by his spirit among us. We're calling this season Walking in Step with the Holy Spirit. So if you want more of this, come next week and we're just going to keep on seeking more of what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. How we can walk in step with his Holy Spirit. I think all of us would welcome that, wouldn't we? We want to walk in step. It's going to be characterized by simple biblical explanation. No deep theological studies on Sunday morning. Alright, we haven't got time. If you want to get deeper into the word, we can look further in small group and other times. So it's a simple biblical explanation. We want to discover and rediscover for many of us the person of the Holy Spirit at work in our everyday lives. We want to open up ourselves to the working of the Holy Spirit, don't we? Yeah? We also want to see release in us from fear and doubt. We want to see us unlocked from long-standing challenges. Sin. Sickness. And we're going to be walking walking together, yes, on Sundays, but we're going to give space to it in some of our small group times and also in one-to-one conversation. You need to talk about this stuff with, with others in the church. Talk about where you're up to with it. So, I want to talk, what about today? What am I talking about today? I want to talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a good topic, isn't it? Being filled with the Holy Spirit. And in doing so, um, I want to make no assumptions. We're going to ask God to fill us with his Holy Spirit. So we're going to talk about how and why. But, hang on, we might be shooting ourselves 
uh, in the foot a bit here because I'm assuming that everybody knows who the Holy Spirit is, so I just need to make sure that that's clear. Uh, now, that could be a long study in itself, but um, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to use the words of Jesus. Those are good words to use, aren't they? The words of Jesus describe the Holy Spirit really well. And in John 14, he does it beautifully. So in John 14, um, let me see, verses, uh, let's go to 23. It says, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him and he will come to him and make our home in with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So that's words of Jesus when talking to his disciples before he was crucified. After he was crucified and rose again, he said this to them just before he left them. He said this, we've been looking at this verse quite a lot recently, it's in the beginning of Acts. He said this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. So what do we discover about who the Holy Spirit is? Well, the first thing we discover is sent from God as a means by which God himself dwells within us. Do you know you have God dwelling inside you, Robin? God is living inside you. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing, isn't it? Isn't that fantastic? That God dwells with men. That that same Spirit is sent in the name of Jesus. We have kind of like a bona fides, kind of like a reference. It's from Jesus in his name. He's a counsellor, it says. A guide, a teacher, a mentor. Do you need help, guys? Who here could do with a bit of help? Yeah? I know more than that. (laughs) I'm talking to some folk this morning, and there's quite a few of us who could do with some help. Jesus sent his Holy Spirit to be a help, a counsel, a mentor, a guide. He reminds us about the good news of the kingdom. He brings peace to us. He brings power to us. Power with a purpose. Power to assist us to be witnesses. And power with a clear program to be witnesses to all the earth. And the great thing about that passage about Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, the ends of the earth, where does it start? Jerusalem, close to where we are. Where they were. What that means is starting from where you are. and In your heart. Uh, one of the things that I'm deeply conscious of in thinking about this stuff is how we look around and we think the world is in a bit of a mess. And Jesus was surrounded by folk who also thought the world was a bit of a mess. In fact, they were constantly asking him, Lord, you're going to bring your kingdom. We're going to see it all torn down. The Romans are going to go and all that. But Jesus didn't mean that. He was bringing in a different kind of kingdom. He said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus was constantly fighting against this idea that somehow something was going to come and sweep it all away. But Jesus' kingdom isn't like that. Where is the kingdom of God? inside us. It starts from us and goes out. And then you turn around and you say, but hang on a minute, if it's all down to me and me starting this, I can't 
do it. I can't do it. And no, we can't. And that's why Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. We can't do it on our own. Um, for, many us, for many of us, you might turn around and say, yes, but Tim, you say the Holy Spirit is the thing that will make the difference. But I'm a, I'm a Christian. Surely I already have the Holy Spirit in me. Uh, I was reading something. Um, it actually com- comes from the uh, Alpha series on this. And there's a, a, a Puritan guy, 300 years old this is. This is quote I'm going to give you. He's talking about how the Holy Spirit comes into our life. And what difference he makes. And the fact that, yes, when we become a Christian, we do that as a result of a prompting of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is leading us at that point. And he said this, Thomas Goodwin, one of the Puritans of 300 years ago, illustrated his experience. He pictured a man walking along a road, hand in hand with his little boy. It's like you to imagine that moment. Either you've all done that. Either to your children or to your mum or dad. You remember that experience walking along with your hand in a parent's hand or with your hand in your child's hand. The little boy knows because of this that the man is, is his father and that his father loves him. He knows that. But suddenly the father stops, picks up the boy lifts him into his arms, embraces him, kisses him, and hugs him. Then he puts him down again, and they continue walking. It's a wonderful thing to be walking along, holding your father's hand, but it is an incomparably greater thing to have his arms enfolded around you. Isn't it? He has embraced us. That's what being filled with the Holy Spirit is like being embraced by the love of God. Let's look at what actually happened um, in the beginning uh, at Pentecost. Barbara alluded to it, particularly when we were looking at the uh, flames. I'm struck by this passage. It's an amazing thing that happened. When the day of Pentecost came, this is Acts 2 verse 1, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and the whole house where they were sitting, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews, from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one of them heard them speaking in his own language. Uh, and then it goes on a little bit further. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Amazed and perplexed, they asked of each other, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine o'clock in the morning after all. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men 
men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. You know, I believe that every move of God, every move of God down the 80s, not some, but every move of God has been inspired by the Holy Spirit. It is how it works. Every move. A mighty move of God, inspired by the Holy Spirit. just want to remind you of an excellent point that Ben made to us the other week. Ben Benest already picked on him once about the 400-year-old Bible, but Ben just brought a word to us a few weeks ago. It was very, very sharp and to the point. He talked about how the Holy Spirit moves extraordinarily in the ordinary A mighty move of God inspired by the Holy Spirit can be as much the prompt to telephone a friend or to speak a word of encouragement to someone as it is also the power and strength to take on sharing the good news of Jesus with a crowd of 3,000 as as Peter did. And that is crucially important to us as a people that we realise that. Both a part of what Jesus prayed. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Jesus said it starts where you are. Now I've been speaking for over about ten minutes, if not more now. And the challenge then is to you is, are you, are you guys continually being filled with his Holy Spirit? I can't say it any other way. I can't, I can't, make you be filled with the Holy Spirit, I can ask you the question, are you being filled with the Holy Spirit? There's a challenge to us every day that we should be filled with his Holy Spirit in order that the kingdom of God should come about. You know that uh, in uh, Ephesians 5 it says, do not get drunk on wine which leads to excess, instead Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it talks there, we know this, you've heard this stuff before, some of you. It's about being continually filled, that's the word, constantly overflowing. And however many thousand times, I wonder how many times my lovely friend David or Brian, who have followed the Lord faithfully for many years, I wonder how many times you have heard that expression, be being filled, Dave. Often, yeah? You think so? Brian, many, many times. It's irrelevant, isn't it, how many times you've heard it. Would you say, Brian, it's irrelevant how many times you've heard it. It's whether you are. It's whether we are. It's whether we are filled. There are some challenges for some of you, I believe, You see, the thing is, however many times you've heard it, or if this is your first time, if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit before, the same things apply. There are things, some things that get in the way. The first of those is doubt. You know, you might have have doubt about whether it's going to work. Particularly if you've been in kind of meetings before, where it's kind of been prayed for and you kind of went in and nothing really happened. Doubt. There's a fantastic verse in uh, the Gospels, where it's in Luke 11, and uh, Jesus says this, he says, I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. 
Actually, he didn't say that. What he said was, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. It doesn't actually say that. It says, ask and you'll be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. It doesn't actually say that either. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. It doesn't say that either. It says, I could go on. Do you know he does it six times? Do you think Jesus knows us or something? He knows knows what we're like. He knows that we can't get it through our thick skulls. That when we ask, we do. We receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Lay down your doubt. Believe. The next thing, of course, comes along is fear. Will it be good? Will he ask me something I just don't want to do? Well, just on from that passage, Jesus says this. What father, if his son asks for a fish, would give him a snake? If he asks for an egg, would he give him a scorpion? How much more will the father give? And... I think that speaks into our fear. God isn't going to give us something that's going to harm us. The other thing is that we might feel inadequate. We look around those who seem to live by the Spirit and choose to consider ourselves not up to the job. We say this, we say that's for them folk that do that kind of stuff. Or we might even say, yeah, I'd love to do that, but I just don't ever get that kind of thing. I never get the word to encourage my friend. I never get a kind of a word from God. Let's be careful that we don't rewrite the Bible. Let me uh, read a, a verse. Does it say this? It says, How much more will the Father give to the, only those advanced Christians who've got their lives together? doesn't say that. Never said that. It says, how much more will the Father give to those who ask him? Let's be careful not to rewrite it. We're going to move into a time of asking God to fill us afresh with his Holy Spirit. And this is how we're going to do that. Because I don't want to assume anything. I'm going to explain what we're going to do. And then we'll seek to do that. We're going to ask God... And if you've never received the Holy Spirit before in this way, ask God to forgive you for anything that could be a barrier to your receiving. Put it all behind you. You don't need, it doesn't need six weeks of anything to do that, by the way. It, it just needs you to say and mean it. Then you need to turn from those areas and to choose to lay them down. I'm not suggesting for one minute that you won't be tempted down the road. I'm just saying now. Now. Now's what's important, isn't it? Lay it down. Ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit. Go on seeking and asking. Seek with all your heart and be open to him. There's no way of knowing how the Holy Spirit might come upon you, but it is never something which you don't know. 
If you kind of start to do something or start to feel something, don't, oh, oh, I don't know what that is, that's something else, that's not it. Don't persevere, keep going, keep going, keep going. I want to receive the Holy Spirit. You know, two guys brought words to me just beforehand. Um, Robin here shared something with me about how he believed that the Holy Spirit was like a fire that wanted to come upon us all. And that we just needed to light the blue touch paper. And God would come. Chris also brought a word to me. He said it's like a sweet. One of those sweets you open up and you put them in your mouth and suddenly all fizzy and really nice. You need to open the sweet and take it in. I know two things out of this already. One is a very strong word that I have this morning about how eager and excited God is. I sense that, his excitement, about how if his people came openly and willingly to receive, how eager he is to bless us with his Holy Spirit. And the second conviction that I have is that I need very much to know the infilling of the Holy Spirit. If you are afraid still and you have any doubts, just sit for a moment, talk to God and see if anything that I have said is not true in his word. And then I encourage you to step forward, to stand up and to lift your heart and hands to God and ask that he might fill you. Let's stand together, shall we please? Thank you, Lord. We're just going to wait on God. Thank you, Lord. So if you'd like to be prayed for, you can come here or you can just stand and ask God yourself and we can pray. Thank you, Lord. We ask you now, Lord, that you would come by your Holy Spirit and touch us afresh.